elder and praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Look over and shake your neighbor's hand and tell him, let's have revival. The Lord and the devil are not on speaking terms. In fact, I believe the Bible calls them enemies, one of the other. And they don't like to be at the same place at the same time. They can't stand each other's company. And if praise brings God to where you're at, that means that the devil's sitting on your doorstep, all you got to do is praise God. And the Lord's going to come and the devil's got to leave. Praise the Lord. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Would you praise him tonight like you believe that? Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Whatever you need in this building tonight, you've come to the right place. If you need healing, you're at the right spot because we believe in divine healing. If you're come here tonight and need sins forgiven, we believe in a God that knows how to forgive and cast sins as far as the east is from the west. If you're here tonight and you're struggling with depression, we believe you can throw aside depression and heaviness and replace it with a garment of praise. If you're here tonight and you, and you don't know which way to go, we believe he is the way. If you're trying to find the door, we believe he is the door. If you're trying to find the answer, we believe he is the answer. Everything you need is right here in this place tonight. Praise God. And we believe God still knows how to deliver and change hearts and turn lives around. And that's what living for God's all about. Praise the Lord. He's making new people, new creatures out of you. How many come hungry for something from God tonight? You really come hungry for something. Praise the Lord. How many come to let God do it the way he wants to do it tonight? Praise God. Self, move over. We want God to have his way tonight. In this bill, praise the Lord. Worship the Lord with Sister Borders as she sings. chapter where Pharaoh's men were after all of Israel and made God's people flee. God drowned Pharaoh's plan. The children crossed upon dry land. I'm telling God's gonna do the same for you and me.
God. Some think he's still in the tomb. I really don't like artists to draw pictures with him on the cross because my Lord's not on the cross no more. He's not in the tomb, but he's ascended into the heavens and is sitting on the throne. And he rules and reigns in my heart tonight. I'm glad to know he still is. You can suppose all you want, but I know he still works in our hearts. If you have your Bibles, turn with me tonight to the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs chapter 9. Book of Proverbs chapter 9. We want to begin reading from verse number 1. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse number 1. Book of Proverbs chapter 9 and verse number 1 begins reading, Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. She hath killed her beast. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. She hath sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Come, eat of my bread drink the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. Verse 13 of the same chapter. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knoweth nothing. She sitteth at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of the city to call passengers who go right on their ways. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Stolen waters are sweet, bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he knoweth not that the dead are there, and that her guests are in the depths of hell. I want to minister to you tonight on this subject, Voices of Eternity. The Voices of Eternity. There is in this world that we're living today, the cry of God that is speaking very, very loud and distinct in the heart of every individual. But just as much as that voice is speaking to the lives of people, and I believe we've heard his voice even in this building tonight, <clears throat> there are some in our world that are hearing the voice of a satanic power that's become a very strong influence and a very strong reality in their lives that are pulling them one direction and then the other. Possibly I'm preaching to people tonight that even during the course of this day, before you came to this place this evening, you've heard the sounds of voices in your own mind. You've heard the divine voice that seemingly called you to higher heights and better places, glorious experiences in Him. You've also heard satanic voices that's tried to discourage and depress you, tried to tear your hope down in God, tried to tell you that there was no use to love God nor to serve the Lord. These two powers are in contrast one to the other. They're represented in Proverbs chapter 9 by wisdom, which represents God and that godly voice and folly in verse number 13. That foolish woman represents the devil that speaks so very clearly to some of our hearts. Of course, the Bible is full of contrast. We read of Jacob, which was a man about the tents and home, and then we read about Esau that was a man about the field. We read about Abraham that was a man that walked by faith, and then we read about Lot was a man that walked by sight. 
We read about true prophets and we read about false prophets. We read about a narrow way that leads to eternal life and we read about a broad way that leads to eternal destruction. We read about a heaven and we read about a hell. We read about a God and we read about a devil. These are in contrast one to the other. But I want you to know that there is a voice that is more supreme than that satanic voice. And that divine voice wishes to bring blessings and hope and strength to the lives of those that have never known such beautiful bliss that can be found in the realms of an experience with God. Folly, folly tries to imitate wisdom. She tries to to counterfeit wisdom. If you'll notice, the Bible lets us know that wisdom sits in the highest places of the city in verse number 3. But folly only sits in verse number 14 in the high places of the city. Folly sits at her door and she calls to passengers who, who go right on their ways that is looking for something. Wisdom calls for people that pass by her ways. Both of them are doing the same thing. Folly tries to imitate wisdom. But I want you to know, friend, the devil can't even run a close second to what God has to offer. The devil can't even come to a close counterfeit to what we're feeling in this building tonight. He may sit in the high places, but God sits in the highest places. The devil may reach a high level, but God reaches the highest level that there possibly is. The things of the world may reach a high place, but the things of God goes far beyond a high place, goes far beyond the dark clouds into the bright sunlight of the highest realms of joy that man can experience. Oh yes. For everything that's real, you can be well assured that there's going to be a counterfeit. For real happiness that there is in Christianity, there is a counterfeit happiness. For the real joy that you've seen expressed in this place tonight, there is a counterfeit joy. For the real expression of love that you have felt here tonight, there is a counterfeit love. But I want you to know what you have felt here tonight in love and joy and happiness has far superseded anything you will see in a bar room in Hutchinson, Kansas. Anything that you'll see in a red light district. Anything that you'll see on a street corner somewhere. What you're feeling here tonight supersedes anything else. It's the true call of a divine voice of Almighty God. That's what's here tonight. But now you'll discover that folly, she don't have a whole lot to give to those that she cries to. Notice her merchandise. She only has stolen waters that are sweet and bread that is eaten in secret. The only thing she has to offer to those that come by is bread and water. That's her only merchandise. That's the only thing she has to peddle. But when you read what wisdom has, wisdom builds houses. She hews out seven pillars. She kills beasts. She mingles wines. She furnishes her table. She sends forth maidens. Friend, I want you to know that God goes 
closed to arm length to prepare the best for those that he's sending an invitation to. Folly would like to have you, but folly's not going to go to arm's length to provide the best for you. The best she'll do is give you bread and water. But my God's got the human race at interest. He's got the soul of man at interest. He's got the mind of man at interest. He's got the family at interest. He's got the home at interest. And he'll go to his arm's length to provide everything he can provide to make you the happiest people that walks God's green earth. You see, the devil does not care what happens to you. He's not interested in what happens to your home nor your family. He's not interested in what happens to your career nor your life. He's not interested in how you turn out and what kind of life you make for yourself. But God cares what road you walk down. You hear me tonight. God cares what road you walk down. God cares the direction you pursue. God cares the doors you walk through. God cares about the company you keep. God cares about the kind of life that you live. That's why he does everything he can to speak to you in the night season. To speak to you when you get up in the morning. To speak to you when you go through the day. Say, I love you. 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 Oh, yes. Notice the first thing that wisdom does as she begins to entice those her direction. The first thing she does is she builds a house. Why folly sits in the high place and all she offers is bread and water. Wisdom constructs a house. A house is nothing more than walls and a roof. A house is nothing more than just a place to shelter. That's all a house really is. It's a place that keeps you from the wind and the rain. A place that keeps you from the storm and the tornadoes. and Keeps you from the confusion that would surround you as far as the natural elements are concerned. With a roof over your head, you don't worry about the rain that we had on my welcome to Hutchinson, Kansas, Monday night. You don't have to worry about the winds blowing your way as long as you got walls around you. Job was accused and the Lord was accused on the behalf of Job. He said, I could touch Job if you take the walls you've got around him. If you take that house down, that, that hedge you've got around him, I, I could get a hold of him. God said, hey, hold on. I've built that house around him for a particular reason. I've built it to protect him from the likes of hell and of the devil. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ has built a house of protection around his people that you would not become affected by the winds of that you would not become affected by the storms of confusion. That the winds of rock and roll music wouldn't tear you apart. That the confusion of dope and drug wouldn't send your life down a river somewhere. God's built a house of protection around his people. Folly, all she does is offer bread and water. She don't pull out no carpenter squares. She don't use no levels. She don't use no hammer, no nails. She uses nothing. All she offers is bread and water because she leaves your life open to the susceptible winds of confusion that we're living in right now. People that live in the world are open to the confusion of the devilish sounds of rock and roll music. Believe me, friend. They're open to the devilish sounds of country 
western music. They're open to the devilish sounds of dope and all the alcohol that the world has to offer. Divorce and homes being broke apart and families being torn apart. Children's being abused. Lives being wrecked. That's what folly has for you. But friend, I want you to know God shelters his people from that kind of life. I grew up in the church. All I've ever known is Pentecost. I cut my teeth on Pentecost pews, and they weren't padded ones either. I know what it is to sleep under pews, on pews, beside the pews. They got pictures of me at 2 o'clock in the morning, my eyes still wide awake. Well, Dad prayed souls through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I know what church is. All I've known is home missions and foreign missions and evangelism and church and revival and camp meeting and general conference. I mean, every night and every night and every week and every week and every week. That's all I've ever known. You say, man, you, you've missed a whole lot. Maybe so. Maybe I have missed a whole lot. Maybe, maybe, maybe I've missed my lungs being eat out from, from cigarette smoke and cancer filling my body. I, maybe, maybe I've missed that. Maybe I've missed my liver being fried because of all the alcohol that I drunk. Maybe I missed being drunk home from the gutter at night to a jail and my dad being called to come and pick me up. Maybe maybe I've missed all of that. Maybe I've missed my home being torn apart and, and confusion. And maybe I've missed it. And I'm so glad that I clean missed it. I'm glad I didn't know any of that. I had some buddies that, that grew up with me on the same pews that I grew up with. They came to the altar the same time I did, but they decided that bread and water was a whole lot better than a house. They decided bread and water were tasted a whole lot better than protection. So one young man walked outside of the walls and the fortress and the protection of God. He walked out into a world of confusion. I happened to be home one Thanksgiving, and we got a call during the middle of the Thanksgiving uh, evening saying, come to the hospital quick. When we arrived at the hospital, my father and I, I looked at a young man that we had played marbles together. We had played matchbox cars together. I looked there and watched him as he lay there, his body cut and his face cut and blood running down the side of his face. He got tired of living. Tried to plunge himself through a plate glass window trying to commit suicide. Trying to end it all. He decided it was better on the outside of the walls than it was on the inside. I've got another friend of mine that decided it was better with bread and water and so he went to the world of, of sin. He became a rock and roll player in a rock and roll band. Got hooked on drugs and alcohol. Took to a very good friend of mine that he married and shoved her head through a through a sheetrock wall while he was high on his dope. His life was wrecked and torn apart. But I want you to know I witnessed the most beautiful experience in all my life just about a month ago when I walked into my dad's church I looked over on the side when I walked on the platform and here sat that young man with a guitar in his hand, his hair cut, he was clean and shaven, he looked nice and neat, and when I began to hear the story, I heard about one Wednesday night, he came in on a Bible study, and while they was closing a Bible study night, he walked down the side aisle, and he knelt at a pew, and gave his heart to God once again, and God marvelously filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he looked at me and said, Kevin, I want you to know it's better in here than it ever was out there. It's better in here than it ever was out there. 
When wisdom gets in the house building business, she just builds a whole bunch. Not only did she build a house of protection, but the Bible lets us know by the writer in the book of Hebrews that when he came to this earth, he built for himself a tabernacle not made with hands. And he became God manifested in the flesh. He built another house. And when he built that house of flesh for himself, he built it for me because that house of flesh was going to become a propitiation and a mediator upon the cross of Calvary. Friend, I want you to know the devil never has robed himself in flesh that he might die for any of you. He's transformed himself as an angel of light that he might deceive you, but he's never robed himself in flesh that he might die for you. But wisdom built a house that he might die for the sins of everybody in this building tonight. Wisdom says that's not enough. we got to build more. And so on the day of Pentecost, God built another house. The Bible lets us know in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 5, ye also as lively stones are built up as a spiritual house. God built a church. That's the other kind of house he built. He built a place of fellowship. He built a place of communion. He built a place of protection within the church of the living God. Folly don't build that kind of stuff, friend. Folly only offers bread and water. But Jesus Christ built a church that we might dwell within it and find fellowship within the church. Now just when you begin to look at the fact that he built these houses, just the fact that he became the propitiation, just the fact that he built the church, just the fact that he built a place of protection for us, that's enough to make me want to follow wisdom. That's enough to make me want to say, hey, devil, shut up. I'm hearing another voice tonight. I want to go another direction. But I want you to know wisdom goes further than that. The Bible says he hewn out seven pillars, and he put seven pillars in that house. Now, the seven pillars are a sermon within themselves, but let me just say this, that that number seven is God's perfect number. That's the number of God's perfection. Everything in God is perfect. I said everything in God is perfect. God don't do sloppy work. God don't do haphazard work. God don't do half-hearted work. Anything God puts in the church, anything God builds, any God, anything God erects for the people of the name is perfect in every aspect. Now, 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 the devil, folly, he builds imperfect stuff. He builds imperfect love. He builds imperfect happiness. He builds imperfect joy. He builds imperfect peace. All of it's got faults and flaws and mistakes in it. But I want you to know in the church, you won't find any faults and flaws. You say, hold on by the borders. You know as well as I do that the church is not perfect. Oh, really? Now, I realize that they, we have the professing church amongst us and we can't do nothing about that because there's just going to be some that just wants to grow up 
And we're to leave that in the hands of God for Him to root out. But I want you to know amongst those that professed religion, amongst those that feign religion, amongst those that put on church, is a real bunch of genuine, God-loving, God-praising, God-worshipping people that loves God with all of their heart. Friend, I want you to know God's got a perfect church. And if you won't come to church because there's too many hypocrites, move over. We got room for one more. And if you won't come to church because there's there's somebody here you don't like, uh, you, then friend, you're just not going to go to heaven anyway because they might go without you. You just might as well go ahead and fall in love with the church because everything God's got in the church is, is perfect. There's perfect love in the church. There's perfect fellowship in the church. There's perfect grace in the church. There's perfect forgiveness in the church. There's perfect salvation in the church. There's perfect deliverance in the church. There's perfect victory in the church. Everything in God's house is perfect. Anybody for bread and water? Anybody want to go to Folly's place? Not on your life. I want to go to the perfect place of wisdom's house. Now, Folly, she's sitting there crying for her bread and water. She's sitting there offering everything she has to offer, which it's very limited, just bread and water. And thought and wisdom is going far beyond that. She's already built houses. She's already put perfection in it, and she goes beyond that now. And she says she kills her beast. Wisdom offers a sacrifice for those that she invites to her place. She offers an atonement for those that she brings to her house. Folly doesn't lay her life on the line for nobody. In fact, the devil will drive you further and further and further in the pit. Down, boy. Down. Get deeper in sin. Get more horrible in iniquity. Go further in that wretched condition. But God says, stop him from going down to the pit. For I have found a ransom. Friend, I want you to know folly doesn't have a Calvary. But wisdom has got a Calvary to take away all of your sins. No wonder Hebrews says, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of the world. Folly doesn't have a sacrifice for you. Folly doesn't care whether you live or die. Folly doesn't care whether you ever get rid of that guilt complex you're carrying tonight. Folly doesn't care whether you ever get rid of that miserable gut feeling you've got. Folly doesn't care whether you ever get rid of that queasiness that keeps you from sleeping at night. Folly doesn't ever care if you ever get rid of those tears that you're crying, sorrow and depression. But wisdom has provided a place to lay it all down at. Wisdom has provided a place to get rid of all of that. You hear me, sinner, friend, and backslider. You don't have to carry sorrow. You don't have to carry depression. You don't have to carry guilt. You don't have to carry condemnation. You don't have to carry wrong. There is a cross at Wisdom's house that'll take care of every one of your sins. You can lay on your head, Papilla, tonight and rest easy knowing your sins is put away under the cross of Calvary. 
drink another another can of Budweiser trying to get rid of your heartache. You don't have to smoke, smoke another pack of cigarettes trying to have something to do to quench your thirst for something. But I know something will take care of all of that. It'll fill an emptiness on the inside of you. It'll fill a longing on the inside of you. It's called Calvary and His love. I believe I can almost hear wisdom crying in this place tonight. I believe I can almost hear from the highest place in this building tonight a voice of wisdom saying, come to my house. Come to my sacrifice. Come to my perfection. Now while Folly offers her bread and water, wisdom just keeps piling on the merchandise. Wisdom just keeps putting more. You know what she does next? She mingles her wine. Now, Folly, she just offers stolen water and bread that is eaten in secret. But wisdom mingles her wine. Wisdom refuses to give you old muddy slop. Wisdom refuses just to give you water out of anybody's pond. Wisdom refuses to let you drink of somebody else's infected wells. Wisdom mingles her own drink. In Acts the second chapter, the Bible lets us know that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place, in one accord, when suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. I like that sudden move of the Holy Ghost, the sudden rush of the Spirit. There came a sound from heaven of a suddenly mighty rushing wind, and it filled all of the place where they were sitting. That means it got in every corner. It got in every place in the building. I like to sit in a Holy Ghost filled place. I like to sit in a Holy Ghost filled atmosphere. It got in every place in the building. And cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. It's not good enough just to sit in a Holy Ghost filled place. You've got to get the Holy Ghost in you. It's not good enough just to sit in a sanctuary that is saturated with the power of God. Everybody in this building needs the power of the Holy Ghost. You can just almost imagine. Here was Peter over here on this side. He's been here for several days now. And he's a praying with everything that he's got on the inside of him. He's giving it all he's got. Praising and a worshiping. And a magnifying God. When all of a sudden, from somewhere in the far corner of the building, there came a whip and a whisk of wind that rushed through that building. And all of a sudden, that big old Peter felt something as it began to hit him. And it started at the top of his head and went all the way down to the bottom of his feet. And, and as it began to wash over him, he tried to get up on one step and he couldn't. And he tried to get up again and, and he couldn't. And, and he went this direction and he fell. And he went 
this direction and he stumbled and by that time John on the other side he was beginning to feel the same thing as he began to worship and praise God and the wind started blowing across and he started dancing and a praise and a worshiping and a glorifying God and Mary the mother of Jesus was on the far side and she was a dancing and a worshiping and a praising God on her knees a shouting and a glorifying the Lord Somebody off of the street said, These men are drunk. Peter pulled himself together. It's hard for a drunk man to talk straight. He pulled himself together and he stuck his head out the window and said, These men are not drunk as she supposed. He didn't say they weren't, he just said, As she supposed. social drinker and an alcoholic a social drinker they use those little dainty shot glasses those little ones they drink but they don't only drink enough to get taste they only drink enough just to get the flavoring a social drinker don't ever get drunk a social drinker never loses his bearing a social drinker never loses control of himself. A social drinker always knows what's going on around him. He drove himself to the party and he can drive away. He's always got his bearing because he hates to act ridiculous. He don't like to act stupid. That's why he refuses to get drunk. But an alcoholic, he doesn't care. Alcoholic, they tell me, enjoys his drink. And he knows when he gets so much of it, he's going to act plumb ridiculous. He knows he's going to slobber, and he's going to trip, and he's going to stumble, and he's going to fall over himself. But who cares? He's feeling good while he's doing it. on 
a straight line. I don't want to act ridiculous. But there are some of us that enjoy our drink too much to settle with a cup full. There are some of us that enjoy our drink too much to stop at one swig. We say, hey, bring on the whole cellar full. Bring on the whole keg full. I want wisdom's wine. I want a drink of the new wine of the Holy Ghost until I'm drunk and intoxicated by the spirit of the Holy Ghost. I watched a young lady get the Holy Ghost Friday night or Saturday night. And it's been a long time since I've seen somebody get the Holy Ghost like she got it. I mean, she got to praying for the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, she'd been there for about an hour or better praying for the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, she came through talking in tongues as the Spirit of God gave her utterance. And she'd stop right in the middle of her tongue. She'd say, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. And she'd go back talking in tongues. And then she'd, she'd talk in tongues a while. And then she'd say, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. And she'd go back and talk in tongues. And then she did that for a while. And then all of a sudden you could see she's starting to get too much. And she's starting to get intoxicated. And she'd go down like this. And then she'd, she'd twitch her shoulders. And then she'd come back up and her head would jerk like something had a hold of it. <laughs> she did that for probably 30 or 45 minutes. And finally, pastor walked up to her and said, Charlene, how do you feel? She turned around blurry-eyed and she looked him right in the face and she explained it in tongues. He said, that's kind of the way I thought you felt. Glory. <laughs> she did that probably for another 15, 20 minutes. She walked back to her seat, got her purse, got her coat on, and some people gathered around her, and she turned around holding her purse, saying, and started talking in tongues, started motioning her hands, just like she, just like she was conversing with them. And then she'd stop, and she'd say, the Lord, he's good, and then go back and talk in tongues some more. Fred, I want you to know, we need some people to get intoxicated on the new wine of the Holy Ghost until they lose their buried until they lose where they're at until they become so full and filled with the Holy Ghost it's been a long time since some of you walked out of here drunk it's been a long time since you shouted and danced until you forgot where you were at we need the new wine of wisdom's house Somebody's pulling the plug. Somebody's ready for a whole keg full tonight. I can see it on some of your faces. You're not happy with a shot glass tonight. You want a whole jar full. 
God. An alcoholic, he drinks to drown his problems. He drinks to cover up the confusion. He starts the day with a drink and he ends it with a drink because he don't want to think about the problems. Now the Holy Ghost is not going to take your problems away. But when you get intoxicated and filled and saturated with the power of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is going to help you bear your problems, bear your difficulties, undergird you with strength. That's what the power of the Holy Ghost is all about. That's why a spiritual alcoholic starts his day with a dose of the Spirit and he ends it with a dose of the Spirit. And he has two or three in between. Maybe four or five, sometimes six or seven because he wants to drown all of his problems in the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Somebody said praise the Lord. Somebody said hallelujah. Somebody said thank you Jesus. Somebody said glory to God. for bread and water tonight? Anybody want to go to Folly's house? Not on your life. We've gone to the highest places. Wisdom's mingling her wine. The next thing she does is she furnishes her table. When you go down to Folly's house, when you sit down at her table, it's the same old thing every day. Bread and water. Bread and water. You pull up to Folly's table and you're hungry and you're thirsty and you're dying to have something. You're craving something, but you don't know what it is. You got anything to drink around here, Folly? That picture right there brown water. Yeah, that's what I had yesterday. I've got to have something different. I'm thirsty. Don't you understand, Folly? I'm thirsty. I, I, I'm hungry. I, I've got something right here. And, and, and I, I can't find what I want. Pass me some more bread. I, I don't want that. It's, it's molded, but I don't know what I want. Pass me some more dope. That's, that's not what I want, but I, I've got something right here. Can't you understand, Folly? There, there's something right here, and, and I can't find it. Pat, pass me some more worldly amusement. It, it, it's not taking care of it, but I'm hungry for something. I've got to have something. Can't you understand? Hey, friend, if you're really hungry for something, come with me. I know the little restaurant that's a little higher. I know the little restaurant that's another place, but it's got real good home cooking. When you come into Folly's house and you pull up in front of her table, you sit down and you don't see just a pitcher of water and a bowl of bread. But when you pull into Folly Wisdom's house, you 
see a table that is full from stem to stern, from side to side. There's so many bowls you don't know where to start. All you do is say, pass me that one right there. I don't know what it is, but I want it. Repentance, I don't know what it is, but I'll try it. What's in that bowl? Water baptism in Jesus' name, that sounds good. Pass me that one. The Holy Ghost, that sounds good. Pass me that one. Oh, love, I'll take some of that. Pass me some of that. Mercy, I'll take some of that. Grace, I'll take some of that. Somebody's eating. Somebody's eating. Somebody's eating. Somebody's tired of bread and water. Wisdom's house. It should been eaten here for 25 years, but it just keeps getting better and better and sweeter and sweeter and greater and greater. Let's stand and praise him. Let's stand and praise him. Let's stand and praise him. Hey, you come here hungry. I said you come here hungry. What you been so mannerly about? What you been so polite about? If you're hungry, get a fork and dig in. Jesus is doing something tonight. Jesus is doing something tonight. <laughs> hey, if you want it,
here tonight because you're starving for something in your spiritual belly. Would you leave the pew where you're at and come on to this altar and get it? There's deliverance in this place. There's deliverance in this place. There's victory in this place. If you know of somebody that needs God tonight and you would feel it in the Holy Ghost, would you go ask them to come to the altar with you? We need revival in this place tonight. Young people, you don't have to leave thirsty. You don't have to leave hungry. Mom and daddy, you don't have to leave thirsty and hungry. Wisdom's calling you to her house tonight. She's mingled bread and wine for you. Glory. 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 If it's been a long time since you turned loose and danced and shouted, would you do 